This week in golf, the U.S. Open takes place at Winged Foot Golf Club in Westchester County, New York. The tournament is usually held in June, but because of the outbreak of COVID-19 everywhere and the worldwide shutdown of everything, including sports, this year's U.S. Open was originally canceled, but later rescheduled to go on in mid-September and to begin September 17th. Now, if you know anything about today's game of golf or follow it in any capacity, then you definitely know who David Faherty is. The 62-year-old former pro from Northern Ireland is host of the Golf Channel's hit TV show, Faherty. He's known not only for his encyclopedic knowledge of golf and a keen memory of the big games and biggest plays of the games, but also for his trademark sense of humor. You could also say quite fairly that David Faherty is one of the best interviewers in all of sports and all of television. He's interviewed almost every top golfer to ever play the game and has interviewed Hall of Famers from other sports from tennis to the NBA. He's also interviewed world-renowned musicians, movie stars, and even U.S. presidents. Now, on top of all that, David Faherty is stepping into the broadcast booth to do a play-by-play of this year's U.S. Open. Up to now, the U.S. Open was the only one of the golf majors that Faherty had not commentated. I was lucky enough to speak to David Faherty a week before the U.S. Open began getting underway. And you'll get to hear that interview as a special edition version of 28 Minutes of Sport. I'm Andy Fry, your host. He's called both the Masters and the PGA Championship 19 times. He's NBC's voice of the British Open, as well as a key broadcast voice for the Ryder Cup and other prestigious golfing events far and wide. He's made U.S. presidents laugh and gotten never-heard-of stories out of sports legends from Phil Mickelson to Bill Russell. And as host of his own TV show and possibly the most beloved commentator on everything in golf, David Faherty might just have the best job in the world. But he's also one of the most friendly chaps in the world, too. Hey, Andy. How you doing? Oh, doing fine. Thanks, you're on speaker. Yeah, that's good. As a side note, David and I do not go way back, and that was the first time I had ever spoken to him. But easygoing and conversational is just how he is. Anyhow, on to talking about golf and the U.S. Open. So you're calling the U.S. Open next week, and uh, this is the last of the majors that you have not called thus far so talk about that and tell me you know just in your mind uh, as a golfer and um, a golf lover and golf commentator what's special about the u.s open well um you know i I did 19 masters 19 pgas and i've been doing the open since nbc this is the first uh first u.s open that i'll have done and i only ever played in one Mm-hmm. I played in, I don't have great memories of the U.S. Open because, you know, for some reason I, I, I didn't come across the Atlantic often enough, you know, to, to, to play in it. And uh, when I did play, uh, it was at Pebble Beach and uh, I think 92, uh, Tom Kite won it. Uh, but I finished double bogey, double bogey to miss the cut by a shot. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my memory uh, of the uh, of the U.S. Open in terms of playing it. In, in terms of, of broadcasting it, I can't wait. Uh, you know, it's the final uh, piece of the jigsaw for me. Um, I think there are only two players that have that have done it, Faldo being the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've had the, had the opportunity to, to do all of these things, you know, along with the President's Cup, the Ryder Cup, the players, the Tour Championship. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I've done pretty much, uh, I've, I've had the opportunity to do uh, almost all the big events in golf. Good deal. So, uh, 
you know, for me to, to get the opportunity to do a, a U.S. Open, especially, you know, with such a surprise, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, it was like opening a present. The, the uh, text I got from Tommy Roy, our producer, saying that we've got the, uh, the U.S. Open, I couldn't believe it. Excellent. So uh, you know, anybody who's ever watched you or listened to you on TV, you know, whether it's your show, uh, Fairy, or, or calling um, you know, a tour event, uh, knows that you have a very conversational style and uh, obviously you got a sense of humor. So I'm wondering, you know, where does that come from? Is that, uh, I can't believe that it's just you being Irish, but is it, you know, from your parents or family or something that you developed? Uh, talk about that. Well, uh, it probably comes from my mother. Who, who I still have. She's 90. Um, my dad died a, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, she was a very stoic, funny little woman. And uh, growing up in Northern Ireland in the in the 60s and 70s, you know, it was a... You, you needed to have a sense of humor. <laughs> you know, that, that's for sure. It was... Uh, it, it was pretty... Times. And... Uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't great in school, uh, to say the least. Um, I, I was hopelessly attention deficit, which I know now, but you know they called it stupid when I went to school, and uh, I was made to feel stupid, you know, by by the teachers and by other children. So I ended up making fun of myself, and I was much better at it than they were, you know. So I, and and that kind of thing, you know, the self-deprecatory uh, humor. Is and, and fortunately, I've had a life that lends itself towards that. Yeah, you know the the alcoholism and the drug addiction, mental illness. You know, it's like the big three. <laughs> I got the big four in golf. And the, the three majors three in, in mental and physical afflictions. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I think that's where my my sense. You know, most most humor is born out of adversity. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, you have to see the funny side of things, and uh, I think that that's what I see. You know, if I if there's a difference between me and the way that I I, uh, I go on a telecast or broadcast, you know, I, I tend to notice the things that that other people don't, and and quite often they've got nothing to do with golf. That's the that's the thing. So uh, and and with my show uh, on Golf Channel, you know, that that's one of the things I enjoyed the most was. Uh, was being able to talk about things other than golf. Now, as a player, Faherty turned pro in 1976 and played for a while in the European Tour for jumping into events in the U.S. Before effectively retiring in 1997, Faherty had 10 professional wins and hit a highest ranking of number 33 in the world. So, of course, I wanted to hear what players early on influenced David Faherty as a player and who he aspired to be like. And also, as an expert on the game, what players he watches most closely today. What golfers today do you most love to watch? And also tell me a little bit about your golf idols as a young player when you're coming up. Well, well, growing up, uh, you know, Biasteris was only a year older than me, but, uh, you know, it was still uh, still pretty amazing to watch him. Kind of every now and then somebody comes along and changes the game. He changed the European game mm -hmm. um, in the same way that Tiger Woods sort of changed the, the, the game overall, worldwide. Ayesteris came in, and along with Ola Fabel and, and uh, Bernard Langer and, uh, you know, the famous five that came in, Faldo, and uh, they came and, and they were winning the, the Masters, and they made the, the Ryder Cup competitive again. 
you know, th- those guys were uh, were heroes to me. And then on this side, you know, obviously, you know, Jack and, and Arnold, I was uh, just old enough to be able to appreciate that. I was born in 58. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the, the the middle to late 60s are my first memories of golf. And, you know, Jack and Arnold and Weisskopf and, uh, you know, Tom Watson, who's become a great friend to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um and and Johnny Miller uh, and we we would get uh, uh, it was only an hour long you know the show and, and uh, we would see the final few holes of, of each tournament uh, you know from the American broadcast and my father used to let me stay up late to watch it yeah but uh, today I, mean, I nobody makes the game look prettier than than, than Rory McIlroy mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch but there are so many. Uh, the, the, and they're so much better than we used to be, uh, and that ha- that happens throughout sport. I mean, you you'll get commentators at times, you know, that give you the impression that, you know, when we played, everything was uphill, and the hole was smaller, uh-huh. and it was into the wind, and the ball was made of wood, yeah. you know, and and they're playing for too much money. No, you know, they they earn it today. It's harder to make a living playing golf now than it ever was because they're so good, and there are so many of them. Uh, the standard of play is just astonishing. As golf courses get harder, mm-hmm. you know, scoring gets lower, and uh, you know, to, to be able to be on the leading edge, if you like, you know, and watch this, you know, the, all the time that I spent on the ground. Uh, now I'm I'm up in a in a tower, but uh, it's still, you know, it, it's still the same feeling of connection between. Uh, and I, I don't feel, uh, you know, I feel like a. a a player who, who broadcasts, and I'm I'm 62 years old. People mm-hmm. say to me, you know, you're an ex-professional golfer. No, I'm not. I'm a professional golfer. <laughs> I, I I just don't play golf anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't played in in 14 years. Outside golf, Faraday was once a pretty active cyclist, and back in 2008, he was hit by a truck while cycling. As a result of that accident, he suffered some broken ribs and a punctured lung, and was even hospitalized for a number of days. Even though Faherty recovered in enough time to then resume his broadcast duties for the 2008 Masters Tournament, he says that it's one of the reasons that he hasn't actively played golf now. But as everything goes with David Faherty, he talked about that accident, but not without a dash of self-deprecation and a joke at the end of it. I got run over by a truck, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which didn't fucking help at all. <laughs> uh, you know, crushed me all the way down the left side. and Yeah. Broke a bunch of ribs, punctured a lung, and, and just smashed my left arm to pieces. So I, I mean, I can't close my left arm, um, mm-hmm. or my left hand. Fortunately, uh, I'm right-handed, so it didn't destroy my sex life. Ba-doom. Just like Greg Norman did when I interviewed the Australian golfer back in January, Faherty also brought up the late Spanish golfer Seve Ballesteros as one of the key men who helped advance the game of golf in the 1980s and 90s. But in addition to Seve and Tiger Woods, I wanted to get Faraday's read on one other legendary golfer. I keep hearing people mention Seve in terms of how he uh, changed the game in the 80s, and, and you, the way you put it is that he changed the European game. So um, obviously Tiger changed the game um, you know, starting in the middle 90s onward. I think Annika Sorensam has really brought out, she changed the game too, obviously, and she's probably the best female golfer of all time, one of the best golfers of all time. She's brought a lot of what I'm seeing has brought a lot of women into the game, young women. So I just kind of want to get your read on, on Annika's uh, impact on the game. You know, people ask me um, if, if I had a foursome 
you know, one foursome to, to play with or three other people. Uh, the last round of golf, you know, that I ever play, who, who would it be? My kind of dream foursome. Uh, and for me, it would be, uh, well, I'd play with my dad one more time. Yeah. And I'd play with Jack because he was the only one of the, of the great, uh, you know, the greats that I never got to play with in my career, really. Um, and uh, I'd play with Annika. Mm-hmm. I think Annika was incredibly important, not, not just to little girls, but to little boys as well. When when she stepped on the tee, on the 10th tee at, at Fort Worth, at the Colonial, you know, she she didn't need to do that, you know, to be under that spotlight. She'd already won 50-something golf tournaments. I don't know uh, how many it was. You know, clearly the best, you know, female player in the world at the time. Yeah. And... Uh, just you know when her knees buckled after she'd hit that tee shot she was everyone's daughter in that moment people i remember where i was when i when i saw it um you know people remember where they were when annika hit that tee shot you know off the off the 10th hole in at colonial Mm -hmm. and uh, i think she's been tremendously important uh in in the game you know not just uh not just for women Okay, so with the U.S. Open coming up in a couple of days, I could not not ask David Faraday what his read would be on the big tournament. Strangely enough, Faraday did not mention any major names in golf, such as Dustin Johnson or Justin Thomas. He didn't bring up Rory McIlroy or even Tiger Woods. Instead, a less familiar name came to mind. So any big predictions on what happens at the U.S. Open next week? And maybe you don't have to tell me if you think you're going to win unless you want to, but uh, who surprises us and, you know, what happens uh, from a, a viewership point of view in terms of just who getting... surprises? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if it will be too much of a surprise, but Brandon Todd strikes me as, as a player who could, go, who could do really well at wing foot. He drives it in the fairway quite a lot, mm-hmm. which you're going to have to do if you're going to win next week. Because the the rough will be diabolical, uh, no doubt uh, that uh, the golf course there'll be a lot of whining uh, <laughs> from the players. There will be whinage, no question about it. Okay. There always is when you when you get a golf course like that. But Brendan Todd uh, is such an incredible putter and has uh, had a fantastic year from uh, from the time that he, he he came back. You know, it's uh, I don't know. Just uh, I think he'll be in contention. So on top of watching some of the best golfers in the world compete for another major, we get to hear one of the best voices in all of sports call the game. I have to say it was definitely a thrill talking to David Faherty, even if just for a couple of minutes. And I hope you enjoy the interview too. Thanks for listening to 28 Minutes. I'm your host, Andy Fry.